There's a legend round here. A killer buried, but not dead. A curse on Crystal Lake. A death curse. Jason Borey's curse. Few have seen him and lived. Some have even tried to stop him. No one can. Tina! Sweetheart, are you all right? Tina, what happened? Dr. Chris, I saw him, but I can't describe him. But you said him. Are you saying a man came out of the lake? What were you doing right before it happened? Why? Because these are delusions. And your mind is manufacturing these hallucinations because... It wasn't a hallucination. Yes, it was. No! Jason Voorhees. It was him in the lake. There goes the neighborhood. Welcome to The Last Theater on the Left. My name is Chris. My name is Joey. And welcome back to The Last Theater on the Left marathon of Friday the 13th movies. This is part 7. If this is your first time listening on cnjradio.com or wherever you find this podcast, then go back to the beginning. Go back to the start of the week and catch up to us because we're going to have a lot to say about this one, I think. This yeah. is... Can I can I go back to the beginning of the week? Because uh, I'm out of here. I mean, I, I want right. to go back to part one where it's all nice and right. and quality-like. I, I This is... Yeah. Joey has some strong opinions about Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. This came out in 1988, but you said that the movie takes place in 2001? Yeah. September... These actually, it does take place on Friday the 13th, whereas not all these movies do. Yes. But this one does for no particular reason, really, because that really doesn't play into the plot at all. It's just because that's what the movie's called. Yeah. I had to get that factoid off the internet, but yeah. you know, it matches up to the timeline we've been using so far. Yeah. So but It's 13 years in the future from the year that this was released, yeah. and apparently they thought that shoulder pads would never go out of style. Dude, shoulder pads <laughs> and that hair. And the hair. All the hair. Yeah. All the hairspray. <laughs> All, all the women, you know, I even said that um, internally I was like, hey, uh, the one playing the real bitchy girl that everybody Melissa. hates in this one, Melissa, thank you. Uh, I was like, she looks like she looks like Nicole Eggert on Charles in Charge. Yeah. And it turns out that she played one of her friends on Charles in oh, Charge. Really? <laughs> and I was like, ah. I can see that. So yeah. it's all TV actors. Sure. And uh, yes, Friday Part 7, The New Blood, mm-hmm. where... These uh, these young people that are happening to get together over a weekend, and there's death, and wait, Terry Kaiser is in this. Yeah. Wait, we're not doing Weekend at Bernie's. No, we're not. Are you sure? I am positive. Okay. I know you would like to do anything but this movie right now. Damn it. <laughs> oh, I thought I had you going for a second there. But we oh. are at the end of the last episode of this podcast, of the last theater on the left, you already knew that you weren't going to like this movie because you have memories of heated dislike i'll say I, I don't i don't like to use the word hate when it comes to movies but do you hate this movie it's close i mean i think it's the worst ending of any of the friday the 13th movies and that includes eight okay wow all right we'll talk about that in a it's, minute because i think bad because to me since you 
obviously have a very set opinion about this movie. At the end of the last episode, I said I was going to come in. I was going to look at the things that are positive about this movie. And I was going to try to look for the good and for the people. There are people that do like this movie quite a bit. Okay. It's still, when you look at the, I don't know what the IMD rankings are. Oh, we're going to, we'll get to that on the wrap we'll up episode. Later, yeah. But it's about along the lines with all the rest of the movies, all the sequels anyway. I tell you and, what, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to have you list off. Well, no, no. It's the a, positive this, things about this. This movie. is a dialogue. We go back oh, and forth, okay. and so we're gonna. Okay, I will. Sleeping start off, bag though. death. Okay, that's one. Well, I'll give you yeah. that one. I mean, so the deaths in this one, it's still that kind of body count movie where they did actually make an effort to incorporate almost all of the deaths into the story. They weren't just miscellaneous kills from random people that didn't matter, like the paintball people in the previous movie. Yeah. So uh, there's no garbage people in this, are there? Oh wait, there uh, were the two campers. The two campers, but they're not assholes. But yeah, yeah. they are. Technically, they have to be garbage people because they were set up just to die. They yeah, they serve no purpose other than to die. Yeah. But everyone else in the movie had a purpose. Yeah. So one of the things that I do like about this movie is that they tried to do something different. I think the Tommy storyline had pretty much played itself out. Sure. Sure. With the way that it. We had talked about how it was kind of convoluted and it didn't make a whole lot of sense movie to movie. Yeah. Because you would have to kind of forget some things or at least paint over them in order to make the next movie make sense. They tried to start out fresh with this new character who can be kind of interesting if you look at it in the right perspective. Sure. And they all annoying, but... I don't don't think she's annoying. I'll give her. She's at least interesting. (laughs) Tina is at least interesting. Even the telekinesis aside, compared to all the other characters, yeah. all the characters in this movie are completely one-dimensional. Yeah, they're pretty vanilla, all the characters. There's no yeah. one that really stands out. Maybe yeah. it's because, I mean, and you can talk, you can say that for the previous movies, too. I remember the Crispin Glover character a lot, but it's mostly because of the performance of Crispin Glover, because sure. he was so great and so unique. Yeah. That yeah. character wasn't that great on its own, yeah. and I think that's part of it, is the actor's don't really bring anything particularly special to a lot of these characters and they do feel kind of stereotypical yeah, for the most I, part. Yeah, like even like Terry Kaiser's doctor character is yeah. just Paul Reiser Dr. in Cruz. Aliens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm here I'm here to help you. I'm here for the yeah. the greater good and then Right. Uh no, I'm kidding. I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but they did try to set up this character of Tina as a formidable opponent to Jason because Tommy filled that role in the previous movies and so here's a new character of a kid who had a bad childhood who screwed up who spent time in institutions and she's trying to put her life back together just like tommy was in these movies and she has but she they went a little bit too far in my opinion with the way that she can fight back against jason because she has they say it in a couple different ways the doctor calls it psychokinetic powers she says it's telekinetic she can move stuff with her mind yeah. Is what she can do. Yes. And it's kind of... As the movie goes along, we kind of find out that her past trauma brings this up. And when she gets mad, she can move things. And yeah. it's very chaotic at times, but then it gets super specific. And she can get really intricate with the things she can do later on in the movie. Up to the point of picking up wires and moving them exactly where she wants them to be. So yeah. the, the the journey from the beginning to the end is... <laughs> Well, they, they, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They establish early on she has to be angry for her to uh, grab that telekinetic power. Right. So it's like the Incredible Hulk thing. Yeah, but it doesn't... She's not angry towards the end. She's scared. Well, yeah. High emotion. We'll yeah. go with high emotion. So, But even then, she gets 
when you're at that high emotion, you're not thinking. And we've talked about sure. how people in this movie, when we say they're doing stupid things, and I'm saying, well, she's panicking in the moment. She doesn't know what she's going to do. Uh, Tommy's sister running back into the house. She panicked a lot. And she did sure. the dumbest things because she panicked. Yeah. So how is Tina able to have this mind that can come up with these very elaborate setups <laughs> in order to rip the mask off of Jason, break the light, make the wire sure. come down, hang him explode the floor and then drop him through the into the basement yeah. floor she all go, in like a split second yeah she goes pro pretty quick yeah. i mean like one of these gags was bound to run into her at some point it never did like right. nothing ever she didn't get any blowback yeah, she got yeah. a little bit of gasoline on her Ooh, you know <laughs> like she should have at least been hit in the head like three times all with right. a lamp or something <laughs> yeah just something anything yeah. or the, the boyfriend anything sure but she did i mean that aside, it's it's another one of the movies where you just kind of have to go with it, and you just have to kind of let the plot take you, let the plot take you where it wants to take you because that's the kind of movie it is. Wanted to take me to another installment <laughs> of the series. That's where I wanted to take me. See, I didn't hate this movie. Ugh. I think there are. I think there were a lot of missed opportunities. I talked Tons. about the, yeah. We know the backstory on the production too. Yeah, that that hurts it right there. Well, mm, I don't know that... I mean, it's not a, knowing the backstory, I think you have to judge the movie on its own. Okay. I mean, we know the movie, but the backstory shouldn't really play into... Whatever is on screen is what the movie should be judged as, right. I think. But even then, like, if you didn't know that the movie was heavily censored... Yeah. I mean, you would realize, hey, yeah. like, we're not seeing the payoff. We're seeing... Right. We're seeing the kills from the reverse side of things that we've seen from pretty much all the other installments. Yeah. Like, instead of... When when the when the hand goes through the chest, it's in the show you the back part, not the front part, which right. is what the part that you would want to see. You don't see any of the impacts, I think, at all in this. At movie. all, it's all in your head. Yeah, and yeah, except even, for the telekinetic stuff. So all the well, all the Roadrunner stuff is all the blood is <laughs> in your. I wouldn't say all the blood is in your head because you see the aftermath, but you don't see that impact shot, yeah. which is going to push it over the rating. Was this PG thirteen or was it R? No, know? it's R. I is mean, it, there's four yeah. breasts, so okay. we we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> right. And I, I'm, I'm saying it very nonchalantly right. from the get go because, like, you know, the first two are real weak. Yeah. They're in the water and they're underwater. Okay. That almost shouldn't count, but all I'm right. counting it okay. just for the sake of padding the count, just like sure. they do body counts. Uh-huh. And then you got like a very just quick, oh, how? there's another pair. And then you're out. And they did that with the sheep falling down. Like, oh, really? I mean, oh, yeah, that was blatant. Yeah. You know, so the other one was almost kind of natural. And then it was just like, yeah. Eh, but. So even the, even, you know, I even had an issue with the nudity in this movie. How about that? <laughs> Let's just take umbrage with all of it. I feel like you hated this movie. Like, you wanted to hate this movie. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, yeah maybe. I mean, I've always hated it from from the first time I saw the ending. Yeah. It's, the ending's not we haven't even We haven't even set up the ending, so yeah. let's set up the ending now. She's a little girl. Uh, she has a piece of shit dad who hits her mom. Mm. And then she, they're living in this camp on Crystal Lake. Or it's yeah. like a summer home or something, probably. I guess, but it's Jason is already in the water. Yeah having been chained there from by Tommy from the previous movie. Exactly. So this takes place, it couldn't be really close, because why would you have this house unless they had lived there? I don't know. It seemed like a summer home or something to him. Yeah, I'm assuming that, it was a summer home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it took place at some indeterminate time after Tommy, after Jason was already in the lake. Please yeah. continue. Yeah. Um, the, the geeky trivia stuff said 1991 for... Okay. 
for uh, argument's sake. Which is like a year or two after, I think, the yeah. previous one, something like that. So, so I mean, Shin, they're living out in the woods in this cabin on Crystal Lake. She doesn't have anywhere to go but get on a boat. It's actually one of the smarter times a person went on a boat in this yeah. entire series. Yeah, she's trying to just be get by away. herself, get away from it. Yeah, so she's far enough out to where the dad's like, I'm not going to jump in the lake, come on back. And she's yeah. like, no, I hate you, and I wish you were dead. So this is the first instance where her powers come to fruition obviously or it, to that extent i think sure for sure right right because so, I, I wouldn't think that would come out of nowhere but yeah it's the he's standing on the dock yelling at her to come back and the dock starts shaking unnaturally like really really big and collapses and he falls into the water and drowns yeah the thing collapses and then the the roofy part falls on him so she <laughs> bonks him on the head right he drowns he drowned dies yeah. and can i just cut to the crash here Okay, like, go for it. We get to the ending, and, you know, Jason has been killed about three times up to this point where well, he's she, been, she thinks that she yeah, got him. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, she's he's been electrocuted. He's been set on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, house blew up. Around, Let's go with that. Yeah. By the way, that's one of the great house explosions in cinema history. It was, it was good. If I had to pick, like, a top five, yeah. that's easily in the top right. five. That, I, that that night of shooting must have been awesome. Just right. setting up all the cameras all over the place, getting it right. Because you can only do that shit once. And man, right. the wood just went flying. <laughs> it, kinda, it makes me wonder what they were storing in that house. Yeah, right? To make it explode like that almost immediately after it was set on fire. Yeah. So, there you go. I found something positive. This <laughs> is one of the best house explosions ever. Right, there you go. See? All right, all right. Uh, by the way, Lark Park Lincoln is from our neck of the woods from Dallas, Texas. So, there's positive thing number three. I think I've got it to three now. Okay. Sleeping bag was the first one. Okay, yeah. Yeah, didn't even like the nudity in this one. So, we've established this. False kills on Jason. And then they go out to the dock again. <laughs> like, yeah. hey, let's go. Let's go. Maybe, maybe we can find another boat. Well, what <laughs> just kinda, is she going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no cars. She crashed yeah. the car earlier. Right. I was like, if she, she crashes the car to swerve to one of her visions. By the yeah. way, she's also got future... She, she, she's, she can yeah. look at future echoes, you know. She only had two of them, though. That was... Well, I'll get to that in a second, because yeah. I feel like that was another missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that for sure. Yeah, so they go out there, and then all of a sudden, oh, Jason's still alive, and he attacks him. I think he went into the water again and jumped out of the water or some shit. But yeah. Anyway, they're about to have another brawl on in this little area by the lake. Yeah. And the boyfriend gets knocked out for the second time. Yeah. He's he no good. Bit, yeah. Not only is he a one-dimensional character, he is shit in a fight. Yeah. You know, despite the fact that he's like six foot, 200 pounds or whatever. Right. I feel like he was just there for Tina to have someone to talk to so <laughs> yeah. that we could learn more about her character. Yeah. Because that's the only purpose he served in the entire movie. Yeah, if, if the other, uh, if the, the terrible girl didn't want to sleep with him, I would think that he was a hallucination, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that was actually they, something I was going to say. Yeah, because she implies it. Yeah. So... Like he gets knocked out, and then all of a sudden she turns on her, uh, she turns on the juice again, yeah. and water starts bubbling because this is how this all started in the first place. Right. Not because she killed her dad earlier, but that happened too. Yeah. But she made the water bubble, and then she made <laughs> Jason come out of the lake. Yeah. And that's why we have this movie in the first right. place. So, like Tommy, she's the one that started everything, so she has to end it. Yes. And water bubbles, and then all of a sudden breaking through the wood. To grab Jason, to choke him out and hang him with the chain and put him back down where he belongs, right. is her dad. Yep. Who's Com- been dead for a decade. Right. And yeah. has looked like he had barely been in the water. Right. Like, 
They they put a little bit of mud on his face, yeah. a couple of pieces of moss on his shirt, mm-hmm. and then there you go. There's Dad back from the grave, and this is a done deal. Like this is how Jason dies. This is not a dream oh, sequence. She passes trapped, out yeah. afterwards. Yeah. So anything that would have happened happened after that. But we just fade to black. Yeah. So well, we go fade to the part two ending with yeah. a little bit of a reprise on it. Yeah. How come I have a better time buying Jason coming out of the water a decade later and being in decent shape, even though right now he's almost a skeleton at this well, point? Well, he's, yeah, he's, he's obviously bulky, rotted. but he's a skeleton. Yeah. What the fuck? It's, well, it's Jason. I mean, how did he, how did his eyes still not decompose in part in the previous movie? Yeah. yeah. So, so. The, okay. the, the dad. I mean, come on. This is the worst. Yeah. This is just the worst. I don't, mm, so here's my thing with that ending. I, the only way you can have this work is if it is another delusion. I think that it is a delusion. She is so far gone at the end of the movie. She's been seeing things when she's not asleep. She had one dream, the the flashback to when she killed her dad. That was a dream that she woke up from as she was on her way to, to the house when she's grown up a decade later. Yeah. But she has, like we've already said, she saw Michael, the guy whose birthday party it was at their neighbor's house that was the excuse to have all these kids that get killed, which that was really the only purpose they served, too. Um, But you had to have kids to be killed. And then later on, (laughs) it's not just a thing in her head. She actually sees her mom being killed by Jason on the road as a delusion. Mm -hmm. So in my head, when I'm looking at that final scene to make sense of it, and this is really the first time I've thought this because I never thought it... When we started watching this movie and I saw her dad go down in the water, I was like, oh, I know, I remember how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> and I groaned just like you did. But when I watched it this time, it makes sense to me that the dad is actually a delusion. And this is her seeing Jason go under with her dad pulling him down, because that's closure for her. She's seeing, she's getting that forgiveness of that closure of that guilt that she feels of her killing her dad all those years prior when it wasn't really her fault. It was her dad's fault. Uh. Um, but it's actually her pushing Jason down and tying the thing around the chain around his neck using her own mind. She's just seeing it as her dad because she passes out immediately after that. That's so the, I say it's a delusion. I think it works. That's the best excuse I've ever heard for it. So Chris, you always seem to turn me around sometimes. I'm not <laughs> saying you did it this right. time all the way. But that is the best excuse I've heard. Like, not even like any of the documentaries has defended it as good as you have. They're just like, ah, that was someone's idea and we wanted to be a decomposed. They actually did go for the decomposed yeah. body early on, apparently. But I think I think the producer was like, no, or the, I'm not sure whose fault this was. It would have been more difficult to tell what it was if it was decomposed, I think, though. You yeah, know? but all it takes is one line of dialogue. Hey, Daddy. Yeah. You know, her, really? her daddy, you know, just something like, the, yeah. oh, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. all it took, right? Yeah. So, okay. I think she, it, she it, did the chain herself and yeah. she wrapped him down herself. And then he was just there for mental, moral support. He was never there. I mean, okay. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have gone down and like gotten the body. Yeah, I was like, this is a glorified tank. Right. It's a little lake that doesn't really, it doesn't seem to go that far. Yeah. It just seems like it's a... It seems like it's a contained right. tank that you just fish in when you hang out at that cabin. Yeah. So, like, they easily got the body out of there, probably without having to even drag the waters. Right. Well, so, if they did, they would have found Jason and they would have been killed. <laughs> right. So, there's a lot to forgive. Yeah. There's a lot so, to forgive. But I think 
to me, when you think of it that way, it works. It's, I think, I still think the part three ending with Jason's mom coming out of the water makes even less sense. That was also, that was a delusion. I know, but it makes less sense because like we talked about, she didn't know about Jason's mom. So it couldn't, that couldn't have happened even if it was a delusion. But this one makes sense with the arc of the story, which is actually pretty good for Tina. I mean, it's very bare bones, but it was pretty Eh, decent with the whole father thing. And there was the parallel of, it wasn't the same relationship, but Tina had this thing with her parents and her dad who had died and Jason has this thing with his mom who had died and they're both kind of living these lives as a result of what happened to and what their parents did they both of their parents influenced their lives to the point to where they're a danger to other people and this was kind of like Jason's always trying to find closure but he's doing it he's murdering people <laughs> he's he's tra- he's emulating his mother Tina went the other way and she's trying to get away from her father and this is kind of how she did it you know, Chris, you're smarter than most people. I give you the credit for that. I, I think that you have peeled back more layers on this movie than anybody <laughs> ever had or probably should. And this is the best possible scenario for this movie. You've, yeah. You've done it all on this one, Chris. <laughs> Thanks. You really have. I mean, because that's the only... I think that there was care put into the this story of Tina's story because it was a pretty well-fleshed-out character, whereas in the previous movies, you didn't really do it. The focus... The problem I have is that not everything in the movie went towards that goal of fleshing out the Tina character. It was split between Jason and Tina to such a point to where I don't think all of the little plot elements that they put into it have a very satisfying ending. It just ends with Jason going around and murdering people. Oh, and then there's this thing with Tina, and then they come together at the end. So it, yeah. it feels like... You were saying you, you didn't you couldn't even tell where everybody was at, at one point. Yeah, because... Like it was kind of just all over the place. There were so many people that they... I mean, I know that it was probably the producers that were saying, like, well, we need deaths every so often, like they did in the previous movie. Yeah. And it wasn't as much as in the previous movies. No, no. But there was still that element of, like we said, these characters who don't really mean much. They are part of the plot, sort of. Because they're all part of this party, but there's so many of them, and they don't relate in any way to Tina. Like, there's a bunch of them that don't. Yeah. So it's just, that's just the focus on Jason, and this is a Jason movie. But it's not a Jason movie, it's Tina's movie. So it's, that that battling between the focus of the film, I think, hurts it quite a bit. Yeah, because even, like, the two misfit characters in the party cabin... Yeah. The science fiction nerd oh, yeah. and the pseudo wallflower girl who definitely wants to get laid. Yeah, Eddie and Natty. Thank you. That's that's another reason why you're the host. <laughs> they they hey, let's try to get to point B with them. Yeah. And we we'll get so far but then we'll we just are teasing you to try to maybe care about them for right. a second and then they're dead. Yeah. And that's that's, that's the whole this, thing. It's, that's what it's, this movie does. It's very microwave, let's build this character really quick in two minutes and they're dead. Yeah, that was the whole thing. With yeah, those and characters. five did that too with a couple of the yeah. other kids in that in yeah. that uh, you know halfway home. Yeah, Ugh. and yeah, that, definitely a lot of them because they they spent. You either have to make the decision to spend enough time to actually make us care, or just don't do it at all. Yeah. Let them be garbage people, <laughs> because at least that doesn't take away time from the main characters. Because when you do that, when you spend five minutes, when you could have spent. 30 seconds it's taking 5 10 15 20 minutes away from the focus of the film yeah that actually kind of reminds me of listening to some of the south park commentaries oh really because matt and trey said that 
there was so much pressure on them that they thought they had to follow the format of A and B stories in yeah. every episode. Okay, what's our B story? But then sometimes they wouldn't even like the B story. They're like, yeah. well, that took away from the A story. Right. So they're like, you know what? Let's just do A stories sometimes, yeah. especially when it totally calls for it. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Lesson learned. And that's why they're still in the game. Right. That's why they're still the best. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's, it's absolutely true because this could have been a very strong character driven story, but the, the, the need to make Jason the star, which he sort of was, took away from that. And let's say they had continued the character Tina, the yeah. what if, okay? Right. So. To me, it's just like game over. I mean, Jason's yeah. done. I mean, he can't compete with that, really. No, so was, they he, had to get rid of her. Because one of my things when she was doing all this really specific stuff with her brain, I was saying well, she can throw a couch. She can. <laughs> oh, the best one. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> so when she's really starting to come into her powers, there's the decapitated head of I believe it's Eddie. I want to no. It's David. It's the uh, pothead guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> he was decapitated at some point off screen, and his head was found by Tina in a potted plant in the room where she's fighting Jason. So after she throws the couch at Jason with her brain, she picks up the potted plant with David's head on it and headbutts Jason with the decapitated head of David. Like, Number four for me. All right, we got it up to four. It's such a slapstick moment. It, it's weird. And how did I... I've seen this movie three times now. Three yeah. or four. Let's go with that. Sure. How did I forget, how did I forget about that? I don't know. That's like yeah. right up there with the... Uh, uh, Pamela Voorhees getting kneed in the groin. I mean, <laughs> like, how did I miss right. that? God, I, I should have at least been looking forward to that. <laughs> So, but, yeah, so I got four things out of it. All right. Yeah. So am I kind of bringing you around a little bit on yeah. this movie? Oh. Yeah. You know, next time I watch it, I'm going to look at it through your eyes. Yeah. I'll probably, that'll probably be the best viewing I'll ever have of it. <laughs> so thank you, Chris. Sure. That's, that's another reason why we do this show, apparently. Right. <laughs> do you have anything else to say before we get to favorite kill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just a few things. Like I said, I do think that there was care put into this movie. There are setups in the movie, like, early on that they knock down later that make sense. Like, early in the movie, Melissa, the the character that everybody hates, uh, she's talking about these pearls that her daddy gave her, because she's the perfect girl, and yeah. she's the perfect daughter, or whatever, and she's very proud of them. And a little bit later, when Tina gets angry, those are the things that she breaks. And so, there's there's little subtle things that it makes sense, and it's, yeah. like, uh, I hesitate to say, like, symbolism, but it is. Yeah. But, so... There's all these little elements that when you look for them, they're there. So I don't think this is a terrible movie. I don't necessarily think it's a good movie. Um, but I do think... I do understand why there are people that really like this. Because it is something different. But like we were talking about missed opportunities. I think the visions that Tina has... I think that's a missed opportunity. They didn't really... We talked about how they showed up, in my estimation, three times. But I think they could have gone a little bit further with that. Because why does she only see Michael, this guy that she's never met? Why does she see him die? <laughs> yeah, she has no idea what She has no like. connection to him. I get that that's how she proves it to uh, Michael's brother, the the boyfriend yeah, guy. Yeah. I forget his name because yeah. he's so forgettable. Yeah. The That's how she proves to him that she knows what she's seeing is true because she sees the picture of him. And she's like, oh, I did see that guy in my brain. And that's proof. But the only other time she sees anything, it's when it's her mother being, being killed. And that's, By the way, that's my second favorite shot of the film. 
the mother like when she's driving into the shot yeah like, i think that's really cool, cool even though she's kind of like ah, just yeah. like flailing around but it's kind of yeah. neat like it almost looks like someone's playing a prank yeah and it's like no no shit that's oh my god that's yeah. real yeah, <laughs> or yeah. we think it's real for a second right so. so but she has a really strong connection to her mother so it makes sense that she would see her death yeah so it's just it seems kind of random to that point but it, like i said i think it does serve a purpose to make the finale make sense yeah um, I do think that I feel cheated that Dr. Cruz was killed by Jason. Yeah. I think Tina should have gotten revenge in some manner on Dr. Cruz because he's the guy that was pushing her. He wasn't trying to help her. He was trying to exploit her for whatever reason. He was trying to probably for some... He's going to sell her on Donahue or something like <laughs> right. that. Yeah, he was yeah. trying to write a book about her yeah. and, and discover this is actual telekinesis it's yeah. real and it's mine oh yeah like i know how to do it i feel like he she should have been the one to kill Cruz, or at least should have been or at collateral least kinetically, damage. yeah kinetically throw him into jason yeah and be slightly responsible yeah. for his death because there's a whole thing there's a little bitty subplot where Cruz pushes tina's mom in the way of jason Cruz gets tina's mom killed out in the woods but Cruz gets killed before Tina ever even knows that. So that whole, that could have been a huge, really impactful scene, yeah. but it's completely lost Went because Jason wayside. just steamrolls everything. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, and I also think that Jason could have really been, I kind of talked in the previous movie how it could have been Tommy who was doing everything and he could have just been seeing Jason as this part of his own psyche, the dark side of his own personality. I think they really could have done that with this movie. But they didn't really go down that route. Gotcha. All right, favorite kill, Chris. Um, we might tie on this one. Yeah, I think sleeping bag for me. I don't know. I mean, I think so, but it was only one whack. It was like, yeah, if it, if they had gotten the one they wanted with like six whacks, then it would have been the yeah. best. So I'm a, I'm still gonna go with it. What do you got? I think I'm gonna go with. It's tough because like you, we talked about, you don't really see a lot of the impacts. No. It is a, if, if you like if you like kills and and you know those impacts in your yeah. slasher movies, this is not a movie yeah. for you at all. Which not that it has to be about that, right. but <laughs> these yeah, this movie didn't really need to be about that. But the fact that they put so many in, it makes it about that. Okay. So that is another reason why I don't think this film exactly works very terribly well. Yeah, I think I like it when Robin was thrown out the window because I love the uh, the. Anything going through a window and broken glass, I'm, yeah. I'm a sucker for. Gotcha. Um, but it's no... Jason jumps through glass in yeah, this one, too. that was weird. Like, he's <laughs> super agile when he wants to be, <laughs> yeah. but I guess he just doesn't like to show off. <laughs> yeah. He was actually opening doors in this movie, too. Yeah, yeah. He, he busted through a wall, but he never... I don't remember him busting through a door in this movie, yeah. when that was kind of his thing. Yeah, I blame Kim Hodder. Yeah, it's new blood. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite is going to be Melissa. I think it was a kind of a cathartic thing because she was this terrible character that she had no redeeming quality. She was mean to everybody. She lied. She manipulated. She was just a terrible person. She got hit with an axe after Jason after she opens the door on Jason. <laughs> and you don't really see it, but after the axe, he grabs her and throws her across the room and she flies across the TV and falls behind it. Like out of the shot yeah. and out of everybody's memory. Right. No big loss. So no, I dig it. Yeah, It's that's kind of one. like the uh, wheelchair kill in uh, part two, two 
where we actually saw in this movie because in the beginning there was the uh, you said I didn't even realize it who was the one that was doing the the voiceover for oh that? the narration was Crazy Ralph yeah and so he was two. talking about the legend of Jason like Jason Voorhees and they showed clips from Peter Reeves movies he and, even said they were all doomed yeah he did <laughs> And so we actually saw the wheelchair kill again because yeah. it is one of the best. Totally. And it, like I said, that was all about the aftermath and not necessarily the kill itself. And so yeah. for me, Melissa was my favorite kill in this one, more for the aftermath. Yeah. I do want to say real quick before we get out of here that I had talked in one of the previous shows again about the legend of Jason and how that was a huge part of the series going up to this point where people were talking about what Jason is may not be what people are talking about in this universe. And they set the movie up with Crazy Ralph's narration, setting it up for that to be the case in this movie and to play heavily on it. But they never did anything about that. The people in this movie don't even realize Jason is a part of anything. Tina discovers it when she sees the uh, news clippings in Dr. Cruz's <laughs> desk late in the movie. And that's the first time anyone in the movie says anything about Jason. Yeah. So His name really doesn't weird. get mentioned until about an hour into the yeah. film. Yeah. So it was a weird... To set it up like that and not have that be a part of the plot until the third act is already well underway. It's just... That's another reason. I don't think that this movie was... It had good intentions and I think it was okay... But it was just a mishmash. It felt like there were too many people trying to make this movie. It felt like the producers and the writers and the director and anyone else with any money in it were all having their say in it, and it just kind of made this little mishmash kind of thing. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're pretty right on. I had heard from the director that he clashed with the producer. Yeah, so that's what, and it totally feels amazing. like. And like you were saying, the story of the production. I was saying that it shouldn't overshadow what is on the screen, but it did affect what was on the screen. And for that reason, I think it does play into how we will, how we look at this movie and how we'll rank it going gotcha. forward. Thumbs down. <laughs> no, that's that's the wrong show. All right. Yeah, I got that's it for me. Yeah, I've got one decapitation because we did do you know, decapitations yeah. earlier, yeah, yeah. and uh, sixteen deaths in this one. All right. That's including the death of uh, Tina's father. And not including Jason, because I don't, I don't consider Jason a death in this one. He's just tied <laughs> underneath the lake. Yeah. yeah. I did like the look of Jason in this one, though. This is one really? of my favorite looks. Okay. I think I like the... He's always wet. There wasn't rain in this one, wasn't there? Maybe um, in the, the flashback stuff. But. Yeah, they didn't go for uh, rain this time. That's why, that's why he never really had the upper yeah. hand on Tina. If the rain had been there, then, then right. right on. But but he was still he was in rags. They still had the axe chop, and you could see where the propeller had mangled the side of his face because you could see his teeth. Yeah. Even when he had the mask on, you could see his teeth because it was yeah. chopped out. I yeah. like that. Yeah, even though he was in that mud pool that he got electrocuted in, right. that still that was because of rain. But we never saw right. that rain. It was just the puddle was already there. I do have one nitpick before we get out Ooh, of here. Ooh, all right. So to me, like one of my pet peeves in movies are unnecessary flashbacks where we see something in a movie that we should already, if we're actually watching the movie, we should already know what's happening. And they did this. And it makes it even worse when they flash back to something that happened within 10 minutes of what just happened. <laughs> and they do this in the beginning of the movie because the dream sequence at the beginning, which, of course, like we said again, dream sequences in almost every movie so far. Yeah. The dream sequence where Tina remembers her dad dying. 
she flashes back to it when she gets onto the pier when she's an adult and it happened literally like 10 minutes before <laughs> like if you didn't realize that this was the same place and this is what she's thinking about then you're not a good movie watcher well it's people yeah exactly they, they got to the theater late right so so that's one of my pet peeves and right. for that i it's just emblematic i think of how this movie join me over here chris no i don't hate the movie i kind of it's all right like i'll watch it again it's just it had potential and it didn't quite live up to it but i think the next one is manhattan or it's a boat anyway yeah because somehow a boat oh, yeah. from yeah. crystal lake connects to manhattan well yeah well no, no what's going to happen is they're uh-huh. going to find dr cruz uh-huh. and then they're going to put him on the uh, speedboat and then they're going to bring him with them to the new york area uh-huh. and they figured if they keep him around, then Jason's not going to kill them. I think you're talking about a different movie again. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> we better get out of here, though. Right. So, Joey, where can they find part eight when we get to Jason Takes Manhattan? I like how both of my Weekend at Bernie's jokes kind of fell flat, kind of like right. some of this movie falls mm-hmm. flat. So, And I, I accept that because <laughs> that's what this... That's what part seven has done to me. It's right. kind of rendered me a little bit useless. But where I'm not useless is on other shows on cnjradio.com. Home of Rock Strikes 10, my rock and roll show. Check out every episode on the website, as well as a synaptic featuring Randy Brown, a true alternative. Chris's awesome Last Theater on the Left blogs and reviews, as well as Wrestling House Show with his reviews and podcasts coming soon. CNJRadio.com for all things rock culture. And I will say that I think in this movie, looking back over the series, with the ending that happened here, we've seen parents come out of the lake twice now. (laughs) And we've seen a kid come out of the lake once. And I think I was a little too harsh on the ending of one when I'm looking back at it at this point. I think this kind of puts things into perspective a little bit. Of course it does. And so I think I can accept. I still think it's a little bit out of place at the end of one. But I can accept it more after watching this one. So that's another good thing. This movie helped me appreciate the ending to part one even more. And I've got five for you, Chris. Number five. I saved it to the end. At least it's not as bad of a sequel as Weekend at Bernie's 2. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Bye. Sun was fabulous, wind was fabulous, we had a great time. Oh, hi guys. Love you, darling, just love you. You know, you could use a little sun. I'm going out again tomorrow if you want to go. Lie on the deck, catch those rays. Don't worry, I'll help myself. Um, he's dead. That's the idea, is it? Cheers.